Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapist Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Life and Love Nuggets. We're glad that you're with us today. For the next two times, we're going to do something just a little bit different. Um, we're actually going to kind of interview each other. And so Janice is going to interview me today about some things that I kind of naturally deal with. And then I'm going to, the next uh, podcast, I'm going to interview her. Yes. And we're going to see how this goes. Um, we'll so, just let it roll. Brent Sharp, welcome to Life and Love Nuggets. It's good to be here. We appreciate having you as a guest. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, one of the things I really wanted to start with is, um, what are some things that you are seeing in counseling right now? Like when people come in, what are some of the issues that you're dealing with? Yeah. Well, I would say probably the number one thing that if I were to look at forty years of being a counselor and a pastor, probably the number one thing that I've dealt with that is kind of underlying pretty much everything that I think everybody walks in with. Uh, They don't come in with this issue necessarily and say, I want to work on this. Right. Uh, But if you look at how they're dealing with life as an individual, if they're looking at their relationships, um, which I do a lot of marriage counseling, obviously, uh, this is still underneath all of that. And I would say it's who am I? Am I worth much? (laughs) And where do I get my value from? And who am I in the world? (laughs) That's what they tend to be struggling with. and Which affects all their relationships. Absolutely. And their work, everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I find that there are some significant um, misbeliefs that they struggle with in this area. Because we believe, you know, we talked um, podcast previously that every single person is created with a kind of a divine imprint on their life that we talked about this fascination with fingerprints that separates us from every being that has ever been or ever will be and that we have a unique um, expression in the world to reflect the nature of God and who he is and how he loves his people and his world. And we're to reflect that in the world. And if we felt that sense of natural value, this intrinsic value that I'm uniquely designed and I'm loved deeply and I'm acceptable exactly the way that I am, I don't think we'd struggle with as much stuff that we do, you know. (laughs) And so, so people, probably the two most significant misbeliefs that people deal with, which is kind of the kingdom of man world. Because I and I certainly understand how we get this, but is my values based on how I perform? <laughs> that if I perform at this really high level, I excel in my job. I, you know, have the nice house, the nice car, <laughs> the nice family, all of those kind of things. Then I then that makes me valuable. And the other one, which is really closely tied to that, is my values based on what other people think of me. That if you like me, if you're ex- if I'm acceptable to you and you like and love me, then that makes me important. That makes me valuable in the world. And how this affects relationships is if I don't know that I am valuable in and of myself, if I'm married to you, which I am for 45 years now. Andrew, um, my guest on the program. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> then if you're not quite loving me the way that I need you to love me, then I'm going to go into some pretty unhealthy reactions to that. You know, one would be on one end of the spectrum. It would be, I'm going to kind of try to control you. I'm going to try to make you meet my needs and do certain things. And that can be from aggressiveness or anger or frustration to silence and quiet to manipulation. I mean, it can be all kind of <laughs> craziness that I would do to try to get you to do right, to love me a certain way. And then the other end of that continuum is I'm going to become what we'd consider kind of codependent is that I'm, I'm going to just adapt myself and do everything I can to make you happy. Um, because when you're happy, then you're in a good mood and you treat me nice and then it gets my needs met. And so, so that all comes out of this, of a struggle with a sense of self that if I feel secure in who I am, then if you're not meeting my needs right now, okay. I mean, I might be sad. I might be, I might want to talk to you about that and see if we can't collaborate a little better on that. <laughs> but I'm not going to go into some unhealthy craziness on trying to get you to do that. I'm going to realize maybe you're not capable of doing that, or maybe you don't um, understand what it is that I need. And I'm going to, when I try to communicate my needs to you in a marriage, I'm not going to do it in an aggressive way, or I'm not going to pout or whatever, you know. And so, so, but it really comes out of those basic core, that basic core struggle with who I am I in the beginning. And as we talked in the 90-10 lie, nobody is going to meet those needs completely. Absolutely. You will not find the perfect spouse. Yes. I'm pretty much well, as close as it comes. I have, but <laughs> most, sorry, people, most Needless, of you yes. will not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, that's a really good point. Yeah. And we have to realize that, okay, my spouse can do so much. But um, first of all, they're one person. They can't be them plus a whole bunch of other yeah. people that have other different qualities or characteristics. <laughs> and so, so and, and if I'm okay with me and feel okay with me, then I'm okay with that. And I realize I'm going to get some of what I need from you. And, and um, I think that, you know, God's designed us to the marriage relationship on a human level is going to get probably the highest level of, of needs met in that relationship. Right. We get some from our work. We get some from healthy, safe, same-gender friendships, <laughs> you know, um, and we get it certainly the most of it. If we don't get most of that from an imprint from God, from, <laughs> from I am valuable regardless of what I do or what people think of me, um, then I'm going to get off track. And so that's where we get most of it <laughs> met. But then we're going to have it met on a human level in other ways. And so, again, most people don't necessarily come in with that. Right. They don't come in with, you know, I've been struggling with who I am and my sense of purpose and stuff. Um, but it's underneath there, you know, and there's a couple other misbeliefs that people struggle with. And, and maybe in a podcast in the future, we'll unpack all this in detail. Right. right. But one of those is blame that, that if I fail in some way, that I should be punished, that there's, that there's something... Um, wrong that I've done and I should be punished. And boy, we see this a lot in our culture. If other people fail, then we should punish them. We should help get make sure they get punished. I think we <laughs> talked know? about that in another podcast yeah. of how we need to correct the people that pull in in front of you. <laughs> yes, That's exactly. why we have a horn. Yes, I need to correct you. And you should right. be punished and you I, should feel bad. <laughs> I always think that instead of having our regular horn, we should have the regular horn that sounds mean. And then we should have like a 
nice little horn. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, the lights changed. Could you move on, please? Could you stop looking at your phone? Yes, but in a very nice way. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so yeah. how do these present themselves? Like, what are the issues that people say they're coming in with lately? Well, certainly, um, a lot of marriage issues I see as an underlying um, component of that struggle uh, that I'm really not okay with me. And so that's manifested itself mm-hmm. in the marriage. And and uh, now we don't necessarily start there, you know, working with them because it's like, okay, if you, if you really need a drink of water, I'm going to give you a drink of water first, you know. And so we mm-hmm. might work on, you know, how they, how that's manifesting in their marriage and help them work together with their spouse more effectively and move away from controlling or codependency, you know, strategies and so forth. Um, Which sometimes I think can come in as, I love her, but I'm not in love with her anymore. Yeah. I mean, some of that is just dissatisfaction with life overall, yes, would you say? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, another one of the misbeliefs is shame, which is I'm just, there's, there's something flawed in me that I'm never going to be quite okay because of my past failures. Um, I'm never going to live an A-class life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to slip in at C-minus maybe, you know, and- because there's just something wrong with me. And, and, it's, and it's about me. It's not that I've done some wrong things. It's that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And, boy, that one's really deep. And it's hard to, um, to move through. And so, but oftentimes people that are dealing with shame um, or even these other insecurities, um, believing these lies of, as if they're true. Now, again, I realize why we believe these. I mean, we were taught since we were little kids in school that, you get A's and B's and C's and you get blue red ribbons and red ribbons and yellow ribbons. And, and uh, we knew which one's better, you know, and so we've been taught to, um, to try to achieve. And so, um, but I, I found that some come in and they've gotten into some unhealthy outlet, yeah. you know, they've gotten into an affair, you know, which is a big part of what I deal with, uh, uh, they they're having an addiction issue, you know, sexual or alcohol or whatever, <laughs> and they're actually trying to deal with that who I am that I'm not okay, and that I need other people to do certain things for me. They're dealing with that in unhealthy ways. Either yeah. they're numbing out and um, or just getting a adrenaline rush, you know, somewhere. Or so they're basically looking for love in the wrong place. They're 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 trying to escape pain. Yeah, it's this, I, I don't know who I am. I don't feel okay about who I am. And and so I'm going to, and there's like a gazillion counterfeits out yeah. there that will say, this will make you happy. This will be mm-hmm. an escape for you. This will numb your pain so you don't feel bad any longer. And so it's not a surprise that we choose those things. Right. Um, you know, one of my definitions for sin, it's an inappropriate response to a real or legitimate need. You know, we all... We've been designed with real needs to feel loved, to feel important, to feel cared about, uh, to have close relationships, even for intimacy. These are God-designed things. But if we don't know how to get those met appropriately, then there's, again, a whole bunch of counterfeits yeah. that, that um, people go after. And sometimes they're not addictions. They're bad habits. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in another podcast yeah. on change. <laughs> yeah. And we... And we and we, and so those, and we call them counterfeits because they just, they don't do the full thing. They do some of the thing or we wouldn't 
right. go after them. We get some benefit from it. We get it. some benefit or we wouldn't mm-hmm. do these things. Um, but I always say it's a little bit like drinking salt water. You know, if you're out in the middle of a desert and you come over a hill, a rising, and you see the ocean, it's like, oh, my gosh, my thirst is going to be quenched. <laughs> well, the minute you drink salt water, it just makes you thirstier. And so I have to have more and more and more of it. And so that's what counterfeits do. It looks like it's going to quench your thirst. Uh, but after that first drink and second and third, it just makes us need more and more and more because it's not enough. It's not the right thing. So that's if I were to undergird everything that I deal with, you know, with <laughs> kind of an underlying issue. Um, now, again, some of those things come from just the training of our culture. <laughs> some of those things through come through trauma and abuse in people's lives. Um, and it's not that I get to that issue in every couple, you know, uh, we don't, again, we may deal with more um, of the things that they're struggling with at that moment. The immediate need. The immediate need, what <laughs> this, the counterfeit they're struggling with or whatever. Um, but usually, particularly if they hang in there long enough, <laughs> you know, then, then we're going to get to some of that underlying things. Now, I deal with several other things, but the, that's yeah the number one thing. If you, you could lace it through pretty much everything, everything that I've ever dealt with. So let me switch gears for a minute. Given the climate and the culture that we have right now, what are you seeing with extended family and your clients? Like, do you have clients coming in with extended family issues? Oh, certainly. Yeah, because we're old people now. Uh Um, (laughs) So we get all the old people. (laughs) So I have quite a few people our age coming in, trying to get me to fix their kids, yeah, their grown kids that are married and have children mm-hmm. that are <laughs> uh, messing up, yeah, that don't let them see the grandchildren <laughs> often enough, or putting the kids in the wrong school, or don't go to their church, whatever mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I have to kind of let them down, <laughs> you know, easy and say, Your role has changed, and so, um, they're still trying to be parents. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, we're still parents of our kids, and you know, but we're not in that role. We have that title, but where we were actually coaching and training and even critiquing, mm-hmm. which parents do when their kids are little. You know, I always tell people if you've got a little Johnny in as a kid, well, if he's five, um, it's an appropriate thing to say to sometimes Johnny, go brush your teeth. I did, Daddy. Nope. No, you didn't. You haven't even been close to the bathroom. Now march in there, young man, and brush your teeth. That's a reasonable thing to say to a five-year-old. Now, if that's the main way I communicate to him at 15, Mm -hmm. if I'm still trying to just critique and judge and coach all the time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get fight or flight from him. You know, either he's going to be the kid that comes in from school and goes upstairs and doesn't talk to anybody because I'm so hovering and trying to fix everything in his life. Um, or he's going to fight. You're not fair. You guys are too strict. Blah, 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 blah. You know? And so I have to kind of coach, you know, parents to move from that kind of communication into more of an adult. I'm now aside you because particularly if they're trying to talk to their 25 year old or a 35 year old, 40 year old, 40 year old that way. (laughs) And I've even seen 50 year old. Uh It's, It's like, do you want them to ever come home? Do you ever do you want them to ever call you? Uh, do you want a relationship with them? If you try to force yourself on them, you're going to lose them. 
Right. And it's your fault, not not their fault. <laughs> now, now have, we say it in a much nicer way than do, that. We do. And we have to help them with grief. And, yes. you know, some don't know how to let go. And they've lived their lives through their kids. And they don't know how to have their own life and <laughs> all that stuff. Well, it's okay. like I talked about in the last podcast, the sermon that I had. Your role moves from being the teacher to being the encourager. Yeah. And that's hard, especially yeah. if you have a personality type that you see things that need to change and you want to change those. Yeah. It's it's tough being a parent when when you really feel like they're not doing things right. Yeah. So I encourage them that, hey, we now with adult our adult children, we now move alongside them <laughs> and share them on, encourage them. Um, we may see stuff, that choices they're making and things that they're doing that we aren't thrilled about. But it's really not our role. Our role is to have a relationship with them at this point. Um, and the magic words are, hey, Dad, what do you think I should do about this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> we wait on those words now. Yes. And we try to love and encourage them and strengthen them. And I know there are some extreme cases where you've got <laughs> an abusive thing going on right. or a addiction or something. Mm-hmm. That sometimes we have to. Your parents have to step have in. Have to step in and help, with, mm-hmm. you know, and even challenge in some of those ways. But for the most part, we, we release them now. <laughs> so I've got that. And then I also have our kids age kids yes <laughs> and and even younger coming going what do i do my parents are so extreme on this you know and they're mm-hmm. talking about these issues or that whether it's political or mm-hmm. these kind of things and and i try to help them to um, first of all know how to let go they have it's the whole leaving and cleaving kind of mm-hmm. idea it's that you have left now and and uh, uh we, we we give some respect to those that gave us life, um, and but it doesn't mean that we just obey orders now. You know, we're our own person. And so, uh, but how can you do that without fighting or flighting? <laughs> you know, how do you step into your adults and communicate um, respectfully to them and say, I understand um, that these what we've decided to do with the kids, you know, we've decided not to put them in private school or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I understand that that's concerning and I appreciate that, but this is our decision. Mm-hmm. And if the parents keep going, I understand <laughs> this is not comfortable, but this is our decision. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's yes. that, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So we certainly see that going on. Um, I've said for years that I think one of the best things kids can do um, as their adults or after they get married is to move at least five hours away from their parents <laughs> for several years because it really helps you establish who yourself, you yeah. are. Yeah. And, you know, parents have no idea what's going on when yeah. you're somewhere else. Not yeah. not that that's an excuse to live a wild life. Right, but, right. Um, but I do think we need to do that sometimes to have the leaving. Yeah. From the parents. Yeah. Now, fortunately, the, our two children that live here in town did go away they for a did. while. They did. In fact, all of ours have gone away. <laughs> now, two of them came back. Two came back. That's a good sign. <laughs> One of the other two. Yeah. Um, of course, that's just 50%. So we're still failing. Yeah, we have to get the, at least one more back to get us above the passing yeah, grade. That's right. So certainly, certainly deal with that. You know, of course, I do a lot of marriage work and mm-hmm. probably what I spend most of my time doing. And, uh, um, there's a lot of stuff going on culturally, culturally right now that's <laughs> causing challenge, unique challenges. Um, the, you see a lot of big part of my practice is a fair recovery now <laughs> with good people that that committed their lives to each other, even even people that honor God in their life and <laughs> and uh, 
it's it's just misstepped. You know, it's just so so easy to happen in our culture right now because boundaries just aren't as strong, and the natural boundaries that we used to have just aren't there any longer. And so, if people aren't purposely putting boundaries in their life, um, then people are vulnerable. We have, you know, way more people men and women working together, you know, um, in their job, um, jobs and professions. Um, I remember when we were kids, there was one phone in the house and it yeah. had a cord attached to it. Mm-hmm. And when everybody was on the, everybody was on the phone, the whole house heard what you were saying and mm-hmm. who you're talking to. Well, now we have these amazing little smartphones and things can be secretive and things can be um, through a text message or whatever, or have, all the apps. Yeah, uh, even even innocent. You know, there's some right. apps and stuff that, like, hey, you want to find out yeah. <laughs> how to have a relationship with somebody else? <laughs> it's just craziness. Uh, but even just innocently, you know, <laughs> we've gone to a conference together, and then we, you know, kind of text each other afterwards, and you know, a little joke that happened or mm-hmm. whatever, and things just slowly start happening. Rarely do people decide I'm going to go have an affair, <laughs> you know, but it they. They just let boundaries loosen and loosen and loosen until they've stepped across that line and they've been ensnared. And then there's a whole recovery process that is so hard. It's one of the most difficult things to recover from. But we've also seen amazing stories mm-hmm. of people that I thought wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. You know, when they were telling me their story, I'm like, going, oh. oh, my gosh, you guys are. This is you're like toast. I mean, this yeah. is just you're yeah. burnt. I, mean, I don't know how this possible. is going to work. Yeah, I didn't say that to them, but inside, I'm like, listen mm-hmm. to that. And they did the right things, you know. And again, in the future podcast, we'll talk about what how that people recover mm-hmm. and how do you help somebody that you know has gone through everybody. Almost everybody knows somebody, you know, <laughs> that's going through this. And so um, there is a way through, and we see a huge, huge um, a percentage of couples that eventually walk away saying we're better off than we ever were we yeah. were because it forces them to really make the marriage a priority we can't just coast any longer we can't just i mean none of them want to go back to what we had a few years ago i mean usually that was not thriving <laughs> and so it forces them i say either you're going to really press into this and you're going to end up with an amazing marriage or you're not going to make it you know, it's going to be one of those. It's it's not just we can kind of put a Band-Aid on this and, and coast. And then there's very common things that we see in our culture. I don't know that this is all just cultural or not right now right. or just today. <laughs> but there's a couple of major themes um, that we see that almost every couple that walks in the door is going to need to deal with at some point. Um on one hand, they don't know how to blend. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to work together as a team. We mm-hmm. just, you know, we talked about this in a previous um, podcast on conflict resolution. You know, probably the most important skill a couple could learn. We just aren't taught it. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to supposed to be a magical world, and we're supposed to fall in love and be happy, and shouldn't really have conflict, which is crazy. Um, and so we see that, that need for breaking out of unhealthy patterns um, and developing healthier patterns for that. And then the other is that we just are neglectful. Yeah. That is, I mean, talk about this probably is more of a, even an issue that happens 
more common today um, is you have a lot of um, couples where both parents are working now and for them to both do their careers well and then to manage the children uh, and all of their activities after that, they're just spent, you know, at the end of the day and, and just oftentimes don't have good practices of how do we make the marriage a priority and how do we feed and care for the marriage. And, and so that's a real common issue that so many couples are struggling with. And, uh, but there again is, is help. And, and if we can just kind of wake up and pay attention, I tell people it would be helpful if there had been an alarm system that the first time we had ne been neglectful in our marriage, that alarms would have gone off and said, danger, 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 <laughs> course correct. <laughs> we would have all corrected quicker, but it, we're just not even obvious aware that it's happening. And we mm -hmm. just think, well, shouldn't we be prioritizing the kids? And I've got to, got to show up at work and do well to pay for everything, you know? And those are squeaky wheels, we say, that are just going to demand your attention. And I think consciously or unconsciously, we kind of think, um, well, my spouse is a grown-up. They'll take care of themselves. Yeah. I get to take care of these kids. Yeah, that's right. And so I think it goes both male and female. It's like we put our focus on the kids and eventually we'll, we'll be together. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes they don't like each other by the time the kids <laughs> right. are grown. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that the relationship becomes stale and mm -hmm. we just end up being more roommates. And of course, we did a few podcasts on that, on yeah. how, what are practices that you can begin to implement. And <laughs> uh, but we certainly see a lot of that today. Mm -hmm. And and couples that started out great and they, they still do care for each other and it's not slipped into a catastrophe like an affair mm -hmm. or something. Uh, but they just, I just... I hear common, very common that we just feel like roommates, you know, yeah. we're just, we're co-parents. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're okay, but neither one of us are super happy, you know. Well, we're and, kind of bored. Yeah. Yeah. And so now again, we, this is not true always, but oftentimes you women are the first ones to raise a flag on that <laughs> because I think overgeneralizing to say it, all, it is in all cases, but in, I would say, majority of the cases, we see that women are more naturally relational and and they can be doing great in their career. <laughs> but if they're disconnected emotionally with their husband, they're going to they're gonna start feeling that faster. Yeah. And unfortunately, we guys can be a little numb to that, you know, that we can, if our job's going well and our family's happy <laughs> and we eat often enough and, and have regular intimacy. <laughs> You're fine. We, 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 we can mm -hmm. live on a pretty shallow level. Unfortunately, that's not best. Yeah. You know? and, and again, that's not everybody. Not everybody. Because no. we are seeing. We see the opposite of that happening. We are seeing the obviously. opposite of that happening sometimes. And I think with people that are a little younger, we're seeing that more and more. Yeah. yeah. So those are some of the common things that we see. and But in every one of those, we've seen some ways through, you know. So so what would you say to give people hope? Yeah, I would say whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, um, these are some of the common things. First of all, everybody's got stuff. Right. Right. Everybody, I mean, these are just some of the things, you know. Another one I deal with a lot is just grief, mm -hmm. you know. And that's not just, it's usually actually not death mm -hmm. of someone. It's the loss of an ideal or the loss of a dream in their job or their marriage mm -hmm. or this, that, or the other. And, and everybody's dealing with this stuff. 
you know, in our field, we all say that everybody's grieving something all the time. Yes. Um, but everybody's dealing with all this other stuff. And, and that's yeah. why I thought it was important for us to do this today yeah. is because sometimes we just need to know, oh, really? Other people deal with that, too? That's what we're going through. And it helps you feel more normal and not that you're the only one struggling with this. Yeah. Yeah. I just guarantee you, anybody in your friend group, anybody in your church groups, anybody, any of your neighbors, um, anybody at your work, if they would be open and honest and you could actually drill down in their life, mm-hmm. they're all struggling with all this stuff. And But we have this sense that, oh, my gosh, that everybody else looks like they're doing fine. <laughs> their Instagram pictures are great. Oh, my gosh. And yes. their kids are perfect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so we see falsely these mm-hmm. false lives. And so everybody goes internal and they hide. They're afraid again back to that. First thing I talked about, I'm afraid of what you're going to think of me Mm -hmm. because what you think of me is so powerful that creates whether I'm okay or not. So I'm worried about that. Or if I admit I'm not performing at this uber high level, (laughs) then that means I'm a failure in some way. And no, this just means we're humans and it means we're all struggling. We're all (laughs) putting our shoes on every day, walking out, trying to do this life. But struggling with some of this stuff. And now, fortunately, we've seen in the last few years, people reaching out more. Mm-hmm. You know, Definitely. Pe- people that going to a counselor. I mean, that was kind of like a bad word years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, having a therapist, all those kind of things that that's more common now. And mm-hmm. people are seeing the benefit of that and they're reaching out. And So there's hope. There is absolute hope in every one of these things. There are things we can do to make things better, but it's recognizing that we're human and we're going to have stuff and we're going to have stuff in our relationships. But there are some things that we can do to make it better and to have some encouragement. We don't have to stay stuck. Yes. And realize that pain is the greatest motivator for change in our Mm -hmm. life. So let pain in your life steer you towards something different. Because if we don't do something different, these things won't change. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't make a decision to reach out and get some help or to at least open our lives up to a friend or someone, uh, we're going to stay exactly where we're at. And actually that rut, the groove that we're creating, because habits form grooves in our life and even patterns in our brain mm-hmm. of how we do things. And so if we keep doing that, it just gets harder and harder to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so no time like the present. Uh, know that you are not in this alone. Everybody's dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And let's help each other. And nobody's supposed to do this by themselves. That's right. So for today, peace to you. Bless you as you go. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only.